The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this means me? No, 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 no. The Quebecois are in a unique position because they're like the only white people who have consistently been on the losing side of imperialism for all of history. Counterpoint. Ireland. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said white. I said white. I did say white people. <laughs> oh my God. You said people. So, hey, at, least, at least Ireland didn't really do settler colonialism. No. no. <laughs> at least not in the way Quebec did. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying Quebec holds on to grudges, but they do have on their license plate, uh, oh, was it Je, je vais, je sais, souvienne? Which is like, I remember. So, like, even on their fucking license plates, it's this grudge against the rest of English Canada. It's fantastic. I love it. Okay, well, okay. Uh, I'm the losing side of imperialism from white people. They were on the winning side of imperialism against indigenous people. I just wanted to clarify that. Are white people allowed to be sympathetic? I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I'm, I've been out of uh, leftist uh, meetings for a little bit here. Are we allowed to be sympathetic to white people? No. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah no. Oh, yeah. I guess you haven't been at the uh, at the clubhouse lately. I mean, no. Did have you got your George your George Soros uh, fun bucks? I was actually in the sh- I was in the shop getting my uh, privilege checked. Uh, it's, uh, oh, how it's is running it? a little low. Uh, uh, it's running a little low. Uh, so. Gotta get those numbers up. I should probably check mine. My light's blinking. I think I'm going to detransition, <laughs> and that way I'll be a super minority as a detransitioned, uh, AMAP. We'll see all that. Yeah, but you'll be really popular among, like, right-wingers, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like, all the, all the, um, secret leftist cabal meetings have been canceled due to COVID-19, so. Mm. Suddenly there's sort of an opening in the, the New World Order. No, that's but. true. Um, I would recommend that we start a movement based on this podcast in which everybody gets stoned and plays Animal Crossing. And I think that's good for everybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. And and we could uh, we could uh, do a socialist revolt against Tom Nook and his Nook Miles. No, you know what? You know what? Tom Nook is being fine. The player is charging people gold to go on the uh, island. That's true. That's the problem. Yeah, true. see, I, I've been, I've been um, a lone voice screaming into the into the violent evil zeitgeist for a while now about Tom Nook because truthfully Tom Nook is not a landlord all right he's not a landlord he is a contractor who builds you a house he builds you a house gives you land and then gives you a no interest loan that you can pay back at any time you want with no like increasing costs basically for the cost of like 30 fish so he's a simp yeah, you like, you like work for thirty minutes. Everything and you can in the village off. is like com- everything that's not your thing is like community funded. Like all of like the yeah, it's all the stuff commons. Yeah, no, this is a like post scarcity co co op, and he just happens to be the like the liaise, the facilitator to outside resources yeah. slash like property manager. See if anything. If so anything, is he is he in a way like Marx? Mm. Mm. If anything, like it's it's you, it's the character who's the real kind of um, evil capitalist. Because yes, like your Whoa. interactions with other players, like on Nookazon, or like making people pay you money to go sell turnips at your at your shop that you don't Wait, even yeah, own. Yeah, Nookazon, an actual thing. Also, like you like enclose upon the commons by like like paving roads and like moving other people's houses around. 
Plus, you're going, like, you're island hopping in the Pacific, ruthlessly pillaging little mildly populated islands for natural resources and then just ditching them. Like, you're doing, like, colonial extraction, capitalist enterprise. Welcome to this week's episode of Tranifesto. <laughs> Tom Nook is just chilling. Like, what's yeah. that? You what, literally what's go that? to islands and take all the trees Holy out to shit. make more spiders show up and then take all the spiders. I always forget how to pronounce it, but there's that one, like, Pacific Island nation, like Nauru or something, that is literally what would, like, a IRL version of you creating a tarantula island, except there was people... <laughs> Wait, what? It's just this one island. There's this one Like, island, chopping all the trees down? Ca- yeah, this one island country that got, like, is basically a big flat pile of dirt and people live on it and it's like a weird tax haven but anyways canada canada yeah, as as you do welcome back to tranifesto holy shit the show apparently now about animal crossing <laughs> this the, the net the next uh, dlc of animal crossing is when australia shows up and tries to start a um <laughs> concentration camp for immigrants on your island what <laughs> kicked out all the emu villagers i was damn it damn it all right uh hey everyone welcome back tranifesto the only show more regular than a trans woman's period i'm one of your hosts madeline hops uh as usual today i'm joined by amy hi <laughs> me as usual and me devlin in a four-parter for some reason yeah it's yeah like first this i think this might be the first time the whole gang has been together it's the force the first foursome that's a good job is that is that confirmation that i'm part of the gang yeah you're yes. part of the gang it all, it's um. also confirmation that you are not and you and Amy are not secretly the same person. Which... Yeah, you're not just a replacement, Amy. Oh, yeah. damn! Oh, we should have started... Did nobody start that conspiracy? That we just, like, replaced Amy? Well, have you ever seen Amy and Devlin in the same room? Shit, so. motherfucker! I haven't. <laughs> Can't talk. Somebody took their hand out of my back. That would violate social distancing. <laughs> Well, anyways, yeah, so welcome back. Thank you. Uh, this episode's late, and uh, we're not sorry. Uh, so as you can tell, some of us have been playing Animal Crossing. Um, I was going to play Animal Crossing, but apparently you can only do one island per Switch. And so uh, because of that, I ordered a second Nintendo Switch that's on its way. How did you find a second Nintendo Switch? I thought they were all yeah, where? sold out. Did you, like, buy it on, like, the Dark Web? Oh. Well, no, see, all I had to do was go on Twitch and berate some people about funding me. Uh, so if they have, like, fucking... If they can't donate a Nintendo Switch, then they should be working. Um, <laughs> and then they uh, sent me one. Uh, so thank you for the Simpsons. So all I had to do was go on to Tor and trade one kilogram of Kratom <laughs> to a... It is surprisingly a, a easy. ...to kill a child to take their, and take their Switch. Yeah, you know, standard stuff. It was pretty easy. They were in my building. <laughs> Uh, but that being said, uh, that got kiboshed because rain got wind of it. So now I have to so buy a third Nintendo Switch. Another. Yeah. <laughs> so I can play this goddamn game. This is consumerism <laughs> running about. Why Why can you and Rain not share an island? Because, look, apparently you can't. Like, apparently you can't start. Well, like, Rain's going to be your No, if you start an island, your house is on the other island. It's on the same island. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just buy a third one because I can't. Do you know what they say about pandemic hoarding? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm not wiping my ass with the switches, if that's what you're asking. Maybe you should <laughs> with be. three of them, you could. Yeah, hard, hard times are on the way. You don't know what <gasps> you're going to do. S- <laughs> it's the three seashell method, but with three switches. Has anybody seen Demolition Man? No? No? All right, that, that didn't go well. All right, um, so, <laughs> hey everyone, we're just going to skip over that real quick. Um, so, yes, this week uh, we have decided to plunge into a television show, or TV as it's known uh, in most colloquialisms. We are uh, taking a look at the brand new Shira show on Netflix. Brand new, specifically, as in... It's a brand new... Well, it's... The, sorry, let me rephrase. It's the remake of the old one, so it's not the old one, and... And I know it's not the old one because I watched some dude with a beard with a bunch of toys behind him go on about the fact that uh, She-Ra 
doesn't have giant tits anymore. So I you do know, remember I knew, that. That was fantastic. Yeah, I, I believe the, dude, the gentleman's name was the quarterly or quartering or uh, I, I, I mix up because I think there's quarterly and like one angry gamer who as are oh they might be the same person. I'm not sure. That's but. true. They're all the same person. They all have the same beard, the same voice. It's just Ben Shapiro doing uh, different wigs. Uh, and so no, uh, Ben Shapiro can't grow a beard. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> But yes, um, so yeah, the new, the new, uh, the update of the Shira, uh, and the reason that we're taking a look at it is specifically the latest season. Now, the show has a lot of queer representation, but there was one that we wanted to focus on. But before we get into the breakdown of that, does someone want to give a quick recap of what the fuck Shira is about for those of us who don't know? Right. So there's this lady named Shira. So far <laughs> her, off her, to a great start. <laughs> her pronouns are she ra. <laughs> <laughs> just desperately buying time as you pull up the Wikipedia article. Just yeah, can someone else do it? Does it's she... a cartoon. So does Shira? There's a Shira, but does that also insinuate the existence of a Hira and a Theira? I mean, there literally is a Hira. Yeah, you're right. Oh, isn't it, it was, isn't that just He-Man? He- yeah. 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 It's Bayman these days, actually. Can we please appreciate like how stupid of a name He-Man is? What's what's that guy's name? Uh, He-Man. He-Man. Man. That's, He-Man. That's you know He-Man. <laughs> and that and, and what about the female equivalent? She-Ra. He, he He-Man. He-Man is just whatever I whatever I yell whenever somebody misgenders my trans guy friends. <laughs> Oh yeah. So can you can you? So is what's what's uh, what's what's her name? He, man. <laughs> I was just saying, it's the overly supportive friend. I recognize you, he, man. Scale it back. Scale it back. Okay, Aiden. Um. Uh, <laughs> so what's the premise of this show? So you have this, I guess, planet, or I guess like a continent. <laughs> Oh my god. So far we have her name is Shira and they're on a planet. This is going so well. Oh, oh there's four of us on the show. How is it I'm, getting worse? We have, that means we have like a, 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 approximately three brain cells between us. <laughs> Empty brain. Hold I think on. the planet's called Ethereum. I'm about to cook my, I'm about to cook one of those brain cells. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh I got god. this. I got this. Oh my god, the bong again. Oh, what are we doing? Drinking drinking water? I, you know what? Honestly, I just want to believe that you're not actually smoking from anything right now. You just have a sound effects board right beside you. No, and that's just happening. I'm just blowing bubbles into her beer. Yeah. All right. Yes. Go. Synopsis. I, I got it. So it's on this planet called Etheria, and the main All character's right. name is Adora, who is part of this evil army called the Horde who invaded Etheria a long, long time ago. There's the like it's got- insanely not subtle, like World of Warcraft, like Warcraft references in the show too. Like the symbol for the Horde is like almost identical to the symbol for the horde and Warcraft. but also it might be it might be another way around though because i think that it, depending on how much is drawn from the original she-ra show again it might be the other way around do you think possibly I'm not sure on that one thank you for our panel of experts weighing in on this listeners write in answers on a postcard i want to continue the synopsis but i can't tell if i have to sneeze or not and it's killing me <laughs> So yeah, there's the Horde, who are like the evil baddies who want to like destroy the planet, and they're led by Hordak, who like... is like a generic name, like like faceless villain, basically for the first couple seasons, and then he, they decide that he's like a 
fucking Twinkie Thought who yeah. has a bunch of sadness. <laughs> He's the missing <laughs> member of Insane Clown Posse. Mm-hmm. He's part of a large family. Yeah, and so on, on the opposite side from the horror, there's like the princesses and the kingdoms who are all good, happy friends and just hang out and do fun things and grow flowers out of their hands. And, and, play, d- and play D&D. They do play D&D. They do, yes. Yeah, and like Adora, the main character, finds a sword in the wilderness and turns out that she's... Shira, this ancient hero, come to save Etheria and restore balance to the force. Leaves the horde and also was raised with a twin with a with a twin orphan named Katra, who becomes He's a cat girl. Yeah, cat girl mm-hmm. becomes Evil. In a rare uh, subversion of tropes, she's a fascist cat girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not subversive. Seems pretty predictable. <laughs> Like this show is about representation, so we well, need the fascist cat girl. Well, the, 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 you need the you need the femboy cat girl representation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I recently learned that there are uh, trans cat girl Nazis, and that yeah, we was, know uh, we know that, that Katra isn't isn't actually a, a, a cat girl. She's a cat e boy because she's a fascist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does this count as like a magical girl anime? I like think it West? does. It's like a borderline. I don't recognize the legitimacy of an- anime, so I can't. Oh, really okay, that's fair. Answer enough. your it's, question. Yeah, it's art. It's <laughs> called hentai. Um, but there's a uh, there's an entire section in this Wikipedia article going about how she's dressed more modestly than compared to the original Shira, which is I don't know why provoked, that needs to be in there. It, it provoked great outrage. That was sort of. Um, like wave three of Gamergate was the Shira. Yeah. The Shira <laughs> wave Gamergate. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. It, 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 it's third wave Gamergate. I mean, it is. It's like the this this continuation of that sort of train of thought has been towards yeah. like, oh, they rebooted Star Wars, but there's a girl who is not that has powers, yeah. and like, oh, they rebooted She-Ra, but she doesn't have the big tits from the original one, even though yeah. the designs in like the original one were like like people who fucking definitely never watched that show. Or to, uh, and a show that had really stupid designs. Like, l- just look up the original She-Ra and, like, all of the characters are literally the exact same character with, like, different hair. As someone who grew up actually watching the show on, like, Teletoon Retro mm-hmm. and He-Man, the original show fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's dumb. It's dumb as rocks. It had, like, no artistic, like, merit aside from, like... It had a lower budget than Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I wanted to... To be fair, so do we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just. Just. Yeah, I know. It's a bunch of neckbeards being upset that a kid show is made for kids. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's the basic premise of yeah, it. Yeah, they it's just... just they, 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 the princesses get together a, and they fight the bad guys. It's and, a cartoon. Yeah, this is no fucking, like, high-level, like, girl or uh, jackass 2. This is no high-level social commentary. Uh, it's just basically a kids' cartoon, uh, and but it does have uh, and something that Netflix has been doing with a, quite a lot of their, I guess, more original shows or at least like their their own personal shows. Uh, it has some quite a few, quite a bit of queer representation. So kind of just getting into it, uh, there's the I think to start off with, there's the two princesses that are lovers, the fucking Spinnerella um, and the other one. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you, can tell, right as you can tell, they make uh, lasting impressions. Um, I also have the headcanon that the like the the flower princess, like the the grass princess. You know her. What's her name? Yeah, a pure. I have, a, I have the headcanon that she's Perfuma, a trans yeah. girl because she's tall and skinny oh, yeah, and performatively yeah. hyperfemina. Oh, Perfuma yeah. and Bo are FTM for MTF. Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, like solidarity. 100%. Uh, but recently, in the latest season, there was a new introduction of a character uh, named Double Trouble. Uh, I think a lot of us just finished binge-watching that season recently. 
Mm-hmm. And not only is the character non-binary in the show, uh, the character is played by someone who is non-binary, which is awesome. Yeah, it's cool. And is also That's also a, a lizard person, which is nice for me to finally see some representation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blow our cover, Ree. Yeah, Double Trouble is like a shape-shifting lizard. I'm going to ruin this so who... hard. I have so many yeah. criticisms. Yeah, there's lots, yeah. there's lots of critique. Let me... Double Trouble is like a shape-shifting lizard, non-binary character everyone refers to them with they them pronouns just like automatically yeah they like kind of are like a cynical conniving um piece of shit in a in a way where they (laughs) kind of just opportunistically hop between each side whichever seems to have the best prospects for double trouble Mm -hmm. um they they you know they do they do cool non-binary stuff like pretend to be an infant child to get on people's (laughs) good side is kind of <laughs> talks overly horny to everyone. Talks extremely <laughs> horny. Just the only, the only like hypersexualized character it's like, on the show. It's yeah. like fucking like a toned down John Waters. Like we, like we said, this show is intentionally unhorny and like intentionally undersexualized. To yeah, it's like the an original asexual thing show, one. except but this for is like, trouble. Yeah, except this is one character. The one like you know non-binary character is like explicitly horny, ruthlessly yeah. horny. Yeah, uh, it, the 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 uh, the performer, I guess, uh, that uh, played them, uh, named Jacob Tobia, I think, or Tobia, one of the two. So they, yeah, the, so they were the voice. Uh, it's the part that we that we want to get into is the how we feel about this one because there's certainly it's interesting to see them start to introduce the concept of non-binary in a children's show because I was always curious how they were going to do it. Um, but they have they have this, and you know, I. I guess I would like to start by saying I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea in a nebulous concept to have a queer character play a villain. Um, I think they can be very good. And I don't mean the queer coding like Jafar from Aladdin. We all want or to Or literally Jafar. any other Disney villain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Scar. Scar, Scar Maleficent, fantastic. the one from Pocahontas, yeah. oh, uh, po- <laughs> Ursula, the, the witch, even like the witch doctor from like uh, Princess and the Frog, or the, the Frog. Um, Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale. Yeah. Oh yeah, or the rat, rat, Radigan or whatever from Great Mouse Detective. Like, oh fuck yes. Yeah. Um, Don't actually agree with me on Chip and Dale. I was trying to make a joke. Um, I feel like there's there's others that we're missing. C three PO. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> hey, it's a Disney property now. C three PO. A feminine cyborg relations. It's perfect. Um, so. <laughs> So, any- so anyways <laughs> what is happening right now <laughs> i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that good representation can come from bad characters as long as it's not like a queer coded thing um whereas the show did i think a pretty good job of showing a healthy lesbian relationship with the two princesses i don't think double trouble did as good a job as properly portraying what they were supposed to be. Uh, well, I want no. to like start the framing with that this is something <laughs> that... Well, one, I think that probably we're all going to be nitpicking a little bit with this. Yeah. But and two, like this is something that's like a problem in a vacuum. Like if there was a lot of other good non-binary representation, this would... Yeah, there, exactly. We wouldn't have the problems that we do. But since this is like the only thing that we have to draw on in this context, mm-hmm. therefore we're like putting it up as sort of the, as a unique thing. Yeah. Right. Like, that's a good point. If the, if there were lots of like non-binary characters and cartoons, this would just be like, Ooh, like a cool kind of campy villain. Whereas right. like, 
if we like don't have those we're like why is this the non-binary representation that exists right right so so it's it's important like we've mentioned in shows before when we review movies from you know a while ago, it's always important to view the context in which we're critiquing these as well. And so I would say non-binary representation in shows in general is pretty sparse in a kid's show Mm -hmm. um, is pretty much non-existent. So at the very least, I think maybe I was incorrect in saying we should, you know, take a part in saying that the things that we do like about it, I would say is the fact that they are at least starting to try to do it. Um, And I think they had, they had an interesting intention with the character of showing uh, the idea of non-binary through acting. Uh, the idea is just like, you are who you are. You're the same oh, person and regardless like the of the role. And the performativity commentary they're doing with Double Trouble right. being like a like an obnoxious theater kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that, that <laughs> is good non-binary representation. Look, I mean, to as be a fair, theater, I am an look, obnoxious theater kid. Yeah, exactly. It's great non-binary representation. This is perfect representation for theater kids. Yes, no, 100%. But... So, like, I do like the fact that they're trying to do something. So this is kind of the the conception of what will eventually go on to be good representation. And this is also the first season that we've seen this character as well. And so it'll be interesting to see how they develop. But, again, I think there is a lot of critiques to be made about this character to improve. Not to just shit talk it, even though that's usually what we do here. It is to say what we would like to do to do better. Because wait, like, wait, I, think wait. I didn't sign up to do constructive criticism. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here with a with a chip on my shoulder. Holy shit, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, Devlin, as our as the token NB, like, do you want to take the lead on our? Yeah, go for it. There is a trope when it comes to non-binary representation in media so far, where they can't just be a person; they have to be a shape-shifting reptile, animal, monster of some kind. And it's just like, why not just give us a person? Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. I, legitimate question, though. Sorry. And uh, is is there? And I mean this in all sincerity. Is there another shape shifting reptilian non binary character out there that I am unaware of? Um, Borderlands Three, the robot. It's a robot. It's not a person. Robot. Which robot? Uh, Borderlands Three, the sniper non binary. Oh shit! You're right. Oh, okay. Robots can be people. I just finished binge watching Battlestar Galactica. And I'm Team Cylon. Robots can be people, but when we're talking about human representation, giving an actual another example yeah, no, is the uh, the one from Apex Le- Apex Legends. The you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the hunter. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Like no, another so, like, like no, kind no, of like point. another fake kind of another faceless weirdo, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, kind no, that's of point. the way it feels. Is it's like writers trying to have a non-binary character without having to actually both themselves do the work and like make the audience do the work of conceptualizing like non-binary gender in a person in like a human character yeah so if they just like literally just sidestep that by making the character like a fucking alien or something yeah that's like they can get away with it you see that in sci-fi definitely like whenever they do cross into addressing non-binary stuff is that it is usually oh they're an alien and they have a third species or though they're like some sort of wow look at this character it's uh i'm trying to think of examples because i feel like star trek has done this but um the oldest one that i know of is the assassin in star wars episode two um that assassin is never referred to anything but a shapeshifter when it's like they mention he him and the shapeshifter at one point in like a bar scene in Star Wars episode 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a stretch for the record, but Yeah, I think I think it's a fair point to say like I and I hadn't considered it which is the idea that like, you know, by not taking the plunge over into full on like this is a human person that is non-binary rather than a non-descript robot, alien, reptilian, it still creates this idea that it's a foreign 
person. Yeah, I, in yeah. one of the in one of the new um, I can't remember which one. In one of the new newer Star Wars books, there's a line where it's like, oh, they went into a room and there was, you know, sixteen different species of alien with at least five like genders between them, and which is yeah. like, oh, that's cool that they're like having fun with gender stuff, but it's not creating a it's not addressing non-binary as something that humans experience it's and it's also interesting though because like even though i would say that this is a valid point the i was just reading uh uh, recently a interview with uh jacob tobaya about their uh playing the role and it says is that one of the quotes here is what makes double trouble like that so they're describing like why is double trouble the way they are Uh, and i think this would be important especially as we go forward in the discussion they said i have always thought of it as I have always thought of it that the character Double Trouble is really just mirroring the strength, determination, and fearlessness of actual non-binary and trans and queer people. I think that so much of the inspiration of the character is about just how fearless you have to be in this world to be proud out non-binary person, to be a visibly gendered non-conforming person, to be a trans person. I bring this up only That's for the so sake corny. of discussion. I know. This is on Entertainment Weekly. Like, so I don't know what you corny. want from like, them. Yeah, like, I say that kind of shit all the time. They're never interrogated about their identity. Like, it's never... Like, they never have to, like, defend it, I guess. Like, it's not something... It never actually comes out. Well, and the audience doesn't really... Isn't even challenged to, like, think about it. Right. If they went into... If they went into, like, okay, you put on all of this, but, like, who are you really? Who are you underneath all of the, oh, we all wear masks, which is kind of a cop-out, like... And maybe they'll they'll do that in the future. Maybe they'll interrogate the character and like find out like who the who this person is intrinsically without having to perform. But right. to mm-hmm. when you have a character that is like, you know, being confident in a performative way, in a way that is taking on all of these like social roles and stuff, it in ways it does represent the like queer experience, but also I don't know if it's necessarily empowering in that way. Well, the interesting thing about this is the, literally the only other part in this article that brings up anything to do with the non-binary nature of the character uh, comes with the fact that, he's, uh, that the interviewer asks um, Tobias about uh, Gen Z. Um, and specifically, Tobias says that they are making the character for Gen Z because Gen Z apparently has a less of a problem with this, which is an interesting thing because I don't, I don't know enough to say whether that's true or not. Because this show is obviously, like, I we enjoy it. I think it pretty much is true. I think... Like, it's a generalization, but certainly, broadly speaking, Zoomers mm. are, like, gender-fucked maniacs. Um, like me. <laughs> it's all the TikToks. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like, it's your TikTok TikTok-ing. is poisoning our 5G radio waves to, <laughs> like, infect our children Through the with homosexuality. Through the chemtrails. <laughs> Coronavirus is just wave three. Yeah, that was. I mean, to be fair, I did live under uh, some radio wires when I was younger. Oh, that's oh, so that's the proper representation. I know, uh, Devlin. I know that you had some thoughts about like the uh, like the gendered coding of this non-binary character, which I don't know if that necessarily is really weird. It's really hard to talk about that in like a a way that doesn't force a gender onto a non-gendered character. But the performative nature of Double Trouble is coded very femme. Like, we can all kind of agree, you know? And there's a big thing, and, like, there's a really big thing that, like, I've personally experienced in my life where if, like, you're an AMAB non-binary person, you're kind of perceived as wrong or just pretending. Right. Or, like, 
you know, like Ma- mail into pr- until proven otherwise. Yeah, exactly. That that is the phrase, like mail until proven otherwise, and it's just like I have like a thing like double trouble for them, except for like one three second clip turns into only female characters when they transform. I noticed that too. And like it's just very effeminate, and like I don't want to. Like I say, it's really hard to talk about, but as, like, an AMAB non-binary person, it does, like, strike a chord of me because, like, I've been turned away from events for presenting as male, and, like, there's this very stereotypical uh, version of what non-binary is, is that it's, like, a very femme-presenting, shaved-head femme, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, or, I mean, uh, Jacob Tobiah is a... It's ex- ex- very, very, very femme-presenting person, but typically has facial hair, which is kind of the expectation for an AMAB, like, envy person, which is, I mean, at least we're at a point in our culture where we can have, like, tropes and expectations for non-binary yeah. people, which definitely mm-hmm. wasn't a thing, you know, so long ago. But, I mean, it's still, as a developing as a developing sort of cultural concept, it is a, it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, like, it's one of those things, like, in order to break stereotypes, yeah. first you have to understand them. Well, and even, like, create them. Like, I feel yeah. like we're in, in this stage of, like, stereotype formation, in a sense, mm-hmm. of, like, media representation of non-binary people. Like, to yeah. me, Double Trouble fits into the same kind of cinematic stereotyping or, like, language as, like, Freckle. From, remember when we did, we did like Caleb Gallo? Like yes. the same kind of like very femme, but like like that kind of non-binary person is like the sort of, it's one trope that is mm-hmm. being like created and like the deconstruction is not happening. Right. Kind of the like, interrogation oh, of it isn't happening. Freckle, but uh, like the difference I'm trying to think like, oh, why did, but why did we love Freckle? But we're, if you have problems with this one, and obviously it's because that was like by queer for queer and this one yeah. is by focus group for normies well, and queer money. So, I mean, so here's the interesting thing too, is that, and I, and I will say as the, maybe the one counterpoint to all this, not because I necessarily think it's a strong point, but because I think it's an interesting point is that all the characters, this show we have to keep in mind is like dedicated for younger audience. And I would, I would hazard guess that it's target demographic is probably young girls, uh, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Um, and all the characters in this, even the men or like, well, yeah, men are somewhat effeminate. I would say with the exception of Hordak, uh, which is the main villain. Um, yeah, but, but Hordak like, is like a cock, which is sort of the same thing. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He's sipped. He's sipped. It's fine. Uh, but like, for example, um, uh, fucking what's his face? The the the, um, the Cupid dude. What the fuck is his name? Bo? Um, Bo, yeah, Bo. Uh, Bo. He literally is... carries a bow. I fucking... Did you not hear the bong toke earlier? Okay? Um but yeah, fucking uh, Bo, like he is, he presents himself like, and I think it's in a good way, but like it is more of a feminine and the demographic of this show, I would hazard a guess, is probably younger girls. So in that kind of non-binary switch, I could see that why they may not have focused on making this one, like this one representation more half and half. And that might also explain why with uh, uh, Caleb's uh, show, why we like that character more because it was just, the whole show was fuckery. The only other like uh, children's show I know that's done non-binary representation is one episode in Steven Universe, and I think they nailed it because that character didn't lean one way or the other, and actually had an interesting story arc, mm. and like didn't put any like preconceived notions or tropes into it. So I kind of hold that to like a really high standard coming into this, I guess, because that's that fair. was like 
that was like perfect. They nailed it. And it's I fine. would love to do a Steven Universe episode as a whole at some point. Yes. I'm going to have to watch Steven Universe. You'll like it. Watch it with right. Rain. You guys will like uh, it. Do I have to? Yeah. I'm uh, fine. I'll but, watch uh, it for the show, but I'm going to be very drunk. I'm, going to, I'm just but, uh, straight up. But to go into your point, though, I think it's completely harmless normally. Mm-hmm. But if you take that already existing trope and then you cross it over what the tr- show is trying to do, then you get the harmful impacts of that trope. Yeah, right. I mean, I feel like there are sort of, there's certain aspects of Double Trouble's character that are a little bit concerning to me. Like, okay. it's the character who is like a deceptive shapeshifter who like impersonates a six-year-old girl to destroy the resistance just for their own their self-interest lie. they're like hypersexualized their identity just is either a lie or doesn't really it's never like actually explored they're like it's the deceptiveness i don't know yeah no it's it's interesting that, you, uh, that y'all keep bringing up the oversexualized part because i really did not find that character oversexualized well, just, at all. just compared to other characters i mean double trouble is always like hyper flirting with people i guess I don't, that's the thing like I, I don't know i didn't even catch on the flirting thing i just thought it was always like and i guess it's the interpretation of it like i had never saw anything to do with them as sexual or flirty like i just saw them as just like someone who was just very eccentric um i mean they're but, very handy and they also call everyone love and stuff like that it's just a yeah. very like horny kind of undertone to totally. it, I guess. It's like, oh, um, I knew I liked you for reason, love. Why don't we go da 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 like this sort of like, I don't know. It was, it felt very like traditionally kitschy, like sort of no, flirty. That, that's fair. Would you, uh, and actually just a thought while we're talking about this, do you think the fact that we knew about, like they, they made, they made a bit of a deal about this character before the season went on? Um, and so there was an expectation set going into the season. Do you think our our response to this may have been slightly different had they not mentioned anything to do with this character and how big a deal it was and we just saw it in the show? I, I don't know about that. I no? feel like I might have still noticed like the trope, but mm-hmm. only because like it's personally affected me, so I guess I'm sensitive to it. No, that's fair. I was just an honest question. Because uh, it's something that... Uh, that Netflix is also doing with a lot of their shows and a lot of the publicity that's coming out with it. Like, for example, in Sabrina, there is a character like that. Um, Which I think Sabrina actually might, should be its own episode because I think, didn't they, like, blow a, like, having a trans character, like, in... I I only watched up to season one, so I have not watched past it. I just remember hearing something about how they handled it really poorly. Yeah, like, my point is, like, like, so this is an interesting thing with, uh, because I... I, like, and I know this is stepping back a bit more, but it's what Netflix is doing in general because I've seen it in a couple of their shows. I think Riverdale had this as well. Uh, again, a couple of their original shows where they have queer characters in there. Um, and so like, it's almost a good thing, but they're not doing it right. But they're also like not doing it right. It's also the first step into getting it right, if that makes any sense. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, like, you know, like I, every... like. But every episode we do, like I always say, like I would rather people try and fail than like not try at all. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, oh yeah, because if they if they don't try at all, and if they stop failing, then what are we gonna talk about? Yeah, yeah, represent what this whole show's about. Like, despite my criticisms, I'm really happy that Double Trouble exists. Yeah, like representation is machine learning, right? Like, it's like, does this work? No, does this work? No, does this work? Yes, does this work? No. Um, and so it's like, you always have to go through every wrong way of doing it before you get to the right way. I mean, like at the end of the day, I, I, I agree with Devlin, which is that I don't think this is necessarily like, I would not put this person up there, this character as, uh, like, Hey, this is a good example, but like, 
for a kid, it also could just soften the blow of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like kids also understand things differently. Because um, I remember when I uh, like we were, I was watching it with Rain, and she basically looked at it, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, do you know that character's non-binary?" They're like, "Okay," and then they just kept watching. <laughs> like they all, it's like it was just it's cool because like and granted, Rain has a bit of a different upbringing, but like for the most part, her generation's just like whatever, it's cool. Like they got bigger problems to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's that's honestly that. like a, a, an uplifting part too because like it's nice to see progress. Like I get to see it the next generation. Like even when Rain tells her friends about like you know having like queer parents and stuff like that, they're like, okay, what's your name on Roblox? And then like that's the base. They just they do not give a shit. It's great. So, uh, do you mind if I sort of pose like a question to sort of close this all out? Go. So, com- ta- thinking about how the way that um you know the voice um. There's, there's no gender neutral for, term for voice I actor. Would, that, that was what I was struggling with earlier. I was like, gender like, technically, like, performer? Technically, I, I typically say actor for women as well. So. I, I would say, yeah. Anyways, I think that's fair. So the, vo- so the voice actor. Actrex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, oh, act- okay. it's actually actor. Actor. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, so the voice, per- the, the, the person who's done the voice, like, <laughs> you know, the, what, the, what they said about the character like putting that up against the fact that this is like, you know, made by Netflix and is always obviously, you know, pitched in a boardroom and focus grouped and put through all of the mechanics of that. Like, obviously like we, we are seeing this as a character. I think we're looking at this sort of in a cynical way as like a character that might've been, you know, focus grouped and like ended up this way because it was the way that they do these kinds of characters. Like, but also like, you know, we've all spent enough time on queer Twitter, but any we could easily see a non-binary person saying, "I want my character to be a shape-shifting evil monster person well, who's exactly. really sexy and like is like really awesome and did it and looks exactly like this." And I could see this exact character unchanged come from either of those approaches, come either from like a cynical corporate approach, a cynical cynical corporate capitalist approach versus a completely earnest like if not yeah, like just I mean, tacky be... non-binary like queer person approach yeah and could have yeah. been the same character does it matter and how does that inform this character in specific if it's like you know what well, i mean I, yeah well i think it's one of those things where hmm. you you can't always nail it um in terms of like pleasing everybody with a representation mm-hmm. um like, for somebody out there, this is probably great representation for them. They're like, this is yeah. exactly what like, I want to see. What if this character was, like, a he- like what if, um, like, Jacob had a 100% creative control over this character, we found out, and that was why this character was what it is? Like, how would you feel about it then? Well, that's the thing. That's the interesting thing. For everything I read, it seems like that's the case. Like, they basically gave Jacob the ability to do what they wanted with the character. Like, they gave them, like, a general outline of it. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you roll with it what you want to do. So this is, um, so, so that how, what does that mean to the representation of this character? Well, so that, so this is what I'm saying, which is just, like, mm. it's, it's, like, you know, for example, I, I again, I, I said this before, I would love to see a, a queer villain that's, like, just good, like, I, just, I would love to see that. So I, I, I don't mind so much about the, the, the alien people or the robots something. Like, for example, if there was a queer ghost character in a cartoon, I'd be like, fuck, yeah, that's perfect. I want that. But... I think what it is is that this is a representation of um, a femme non-binary uh, kind of presentation to things, whereas because of the nature of it and I guess even societal expectations, we live in a society, there is difficulty showing that this is one representation of a fan of different ways 
that it could be shown. And yeah. so because of that, it's, I think that's the thing is like, they're, 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 it would be good if they could somehow nail all of that in there and show someone that could easily slide between all of those to give a better example. Um, or even in this cartoon, having another character alongside Double Trouble, who's maybe more masculine presenting non-binary, you know, that kind of thing to, to kind of give a, a, a general idea. Um, but I think, I think, like I said, to somebody out there, this is good representation. And I'm sure to somebody out there, girl was good representation. Um, <laughs> when I ask, when I ask what is good representation, I go, if I had to sit someone who knew nothing about queer people or whoever the person is that are supposed to represent, if I sat them down and showed them this, is this going to be a good example of what it is? Mm, and, see, you know, see, to me, like good representation is like the, the gay dads in the show who we like not talked about at all. Because they're just gay dads, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's great yeah. representation, but it's and, boring yeah, no, as shit. No. We don't even want to talk about it. Well, I mean, it, well, that, that was a good episode because, you know, there's the, the episode is uh, they go see Bo's family, and Bo's, like, very secretive. It's like, oh, no, I don't want you my family, da, da, da. And it's because they really want Bo to follow in their footsteps and become historians, but he wants to be a fighter. So they have these, like, gay dad characters and, like, some of the first, like, very, very, very explicitly queer characters in the show, and they have it as a sort of subversion of the, you know, oh, my parents, they won't accept me for who I am trope. But the Uh joke is that he wants to be a jock and his parents are gay. So they're doing an inversion of that trope, which is sort of a wink at the audience. But they never, they never actually like, they never make the fact that the dads are gay a deal, which I think is a very good way to approach it and to Mm -hmm. actually make use of it for effect. Yeah, I I brought this up a couple episodes ago, but like I was looking forward to boring representation, like where it's just like like you said, like there's gay dads. We haven't brought them up because it's just like it was an episode, and mm. there was a there was an ironic wink at things. But for the most part, like it was just like it was just characters, and that's like as boring as that is. That's also good because it means we've gotten to a place now where we're just like, oh okay, that's a thing, and like that's the end of it. Like you don't even think about it. Um, so I would say like, regardless of whether this character feels representative to somebody, well, no, that's not fair. I would say that there is good to be found in it and it's a starting place. There is a lot of room for growth in terms of what this character or what non-binary representation could be. Um, I, I'm just glad that this, someone fucking finally started it and tried to do it. And also too, I am glad that they didn't do the whole like, like break out into a musical about how the character is non-binary and make such a big deal about it. That was good. Cause I think in the past uh, yeah. that may have come up, including a musical number. Yeah. I, I mean, it's good that they didn't make a big deal about it. And I just want to clear the air that I don't so much pick, like, fault at how the character presented. It's the mannerisms and falling into a stereotype. It mm-hmm. was, like, it's it's a stereotype that when I brought in, like, the the effeminate, like, performativeness of... I don't know what to say there. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, the effeminate performance of the character is that it falls into a harmful stereotype that affects a large portion of non-binary people... It's not that the presentation or the, oh, it was very femme-looking or very mask-looking. It's that it fell into the stereotype that is harmful. Yeah, because I, I, it's also, too, when they when they t- chose to go about it using, like, the actor route, right? Like, the idea is with actors and stuff like that, there, there could be the subtext of, like, oh, they're just pretending to be somebody. Um, whereas like, if, even if like, and I, and I felt like if I'm going to make my major critique on this character, it's, it's that trope. It's just like, you can go with a, 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 like a thespian, um, and they're basically like, well, you know, that's person's just pretending to be somebody else and that, you know, the message can kind of get mixed. 
Whereas I would have liked to have seen them do something like, hey, look, yo, they're they're an actor. They can be a shapeshifter. That's cool. But they're the same person no matter who they are. Like that would have been a great better take on that character. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed that like like over eccentric characters are a trope because I like them. I like those kind of characters. Oh, I um, love over eccentric characters. It's just when they fall into harmful stereotypes, then it's not okay. It's like like I said, like what I said at the beginning. Like if this existed in a vacuum, it would be like it would go from a good character to like a really 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 great character. Yeah, like I I, I I was just commenting on the fact that like I just hate the fact that that is and you're right it's a trope the the eccentric gay character I wish it wasn't I guess is my point because like I want to see more characters like that but I also understand we need to move past those for a bit before we can go back to them and they're non harmful. Oh yeah, I think yeah. we kind of wrapped yeah. that up and we think we kind of already went over like do we think this is good representation and how yeah, do we feel about it's, it. It's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, I would say it's, it's representation with critique, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's the, if, if this, if you were, to, if I was a teacher and this was a student, I'd be like, you know what? You pass this, but we're going to make a better effort next time. Mm-hmm. It's a good C minus. Yeah. It's a solid C minus. You've I passed mean, the course, g- but I'd, we can I'd, do better. I'd give it a C plus, maybe a B minus. They could have done so many terrible things with it. And I guess that's also too, like the bar is so fucking low right now. It's like fucking water in the desert. Just like, well, it's something. Um, but I hope, I hope, especially with Netflix and their, their constant, uh, uh, use of like representation in their shows and making sure that everyone's kind of represented, uh, maybe in time that things will get better and we'll have a better, um, a better, like maybe in the next season, Double Trouble will have a more, uh, robust and, um, spread out, uh, story that kind of gives a, a, a better idea of who they are. I hope and that we get to learn what Grayskull is oh, personally. Finally. Uh, Gray Skull is when you pull out uh, and then you finish on her face by going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I make no. They reference. are making a He-Man. <laughs> He-Man will be played by David Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> what um, is Gray Skull? <laughs> we are all Gray Skull. We are all getting Gray Skulled. Um, so yeah, uh, that was pretty much, <laughs> that's pretty much She-Ra and the Princesses of Power 2018, uh, by DreamWorks and on Netflix. If you want to go watch it, we'd love to hear your thoughts, especially for the folks of those out there who are non-binary. Uh, a good discussion would be to, ha- there would be a good discussion to be had about this, uh, and what you would like to do differently. I definitely don't cover all opinions. It's yeah, very personalized opinion here. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, no, if anybody who takes us seriously on this show, I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> you made, Please yeah, don't ask me. I'm sorry where your life has come to, where you come to us for guidance. But you know, we love you, and thank you for joining to our Patreon. That's right. Thank you, our patrons, for donating. <laughs> and just a reminder, everybody out there, we do have a Patreon. Yeah, and um, we, we know you all have checks in the mail from the government. So. <laughs> We ran your SIG because numbers. Every every everybody in our audience was like a neat to begin with. So <laughs> we know none of you had jobs in the first place. So you know, yeah. You so they didn't the qualify. And those, the EI and those Amy and those Amy feet pics yeah. aren't going to email themselves. So I'm just saying we uh... listen. Listen. As stated in the last episode, if you don't uh, subscribe, you get more me. So. <laughs> fate worse than death also also real amy heads know that i've posted feet like three times yeah <laughs> they just keep it to themselves to keep the value up all right well thank you all again for joining us um fucking yeah we'll be back in two weeks or you know longer Something, if we get lost uh, in fucking animal I mean, crossing who knows 
You know, having nothing to do while being stuck inside is really taking a toll on us. It's making it really hard to watch a movie and then talk about it for an hour. Mm-hmm. You don't understand how hard it Getting is. Getting out of bed is difficult. All right? Justin Trudeau says that I have to stay inside and play Animal Crossing and do drugs. And, like, it's a lot of work. So, please just, like, be patient with us. The premier who looks like that one douchebag in community college with a fucking acoustic guitar is telling us to stay inside to save Canada. So, uh, you know, anyway, listen to... Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> 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 Alright, we love you all, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, bye! Bye. Bye.